0: By the time you hear this podcast, you'll know you can't produce your own documentary. In the celebrity criminal justice system, there are the so-called musicians who commit crimes and the overpaid private defense attorneys who defend them. This is one of their stories.
1: Just finished up with the clerk. He shook up, but okay. Said the guy
2: just flipped up, started dancing like Michael Jackson, then showed a gun and robbed the place. Perp was a black male around 19, really sexy. Sexy? Exactly how sexy. Dimples, honey brown complexion, chiseled
1: abs, extra shiny chapstick lips. Damn, that is sexy.
3: There's only one 19 year old black male that
1: matches that sexy profile. Pretty boy Flizzy. Never heard of him. Um, only the hottest up and coming R and B star. You've heard of his songs. Titty telethon, pleasure me orally, don't touch my anus, girl. How would I have heard this? Okay, I know you've heard. You make me wanna. Ugh, all day long in the radio. That's all I hear. Even on the white stations.
4: No, I haven't heard you make me want to... uh. that's disgusting. Yeah, it's not my thing, but it's what passes for R&B now, all right? What can I say? I got teenage daughters. They're into black guys, so this is what I got to hear. What happened to the good old days when black singers would dress in high-heeled boots or burn hookers with crack pipes? You're showing your age, my friend. Flizzy's in town, doing a show at Woodcrest Post Pavilion tonight. I was hoping to go.
1: Now I have an excuse. You make me want to... uh, like we have in sex. Baby, grab your ankles. You know what's next. <laughs> Oh, man.
0: Uh, Welcome to (laughs) By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with episode 67. Woo! And uh, thank you for everyone who's listening so far, who has joined us on Facebook Live, watched the replays, or uh, downloaded the podcast. Uh, We do have a new number one downloaded podcast. Which one? It is our uh, One Hit Wonders 1995. Really? Yeah. Already? Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, so that's our most downloaded podcast. And if you want to know where, you can listen to our podcast. You have several several options. You can go to our uh Facebook page, Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. We would also uh refer you to our website by the time you hear this dot com, uh blog style website in which you can uh listen to our episodes, of course, and um check out the videos and links to um to stories that we talk about. You can also follow us on Instagram at by the time you hear this now with the website and the Facebook page it is spelled the URL spelled with the word u. On Instagram it is spelled with the letter u because
1: we're upstanding.
0: Yes, we are. Uh-huh. And not under investigation. Never. And uh you can also email us at by the time you hear this at gmail.com also spelled with the letter u where you can send us your comments, questions, concerns. If you're an independent artist, we'll listen to your music and play it on the show. No extra charge. And if you want to listen to us on the go, you can subscribe to us, uh, on Potomatic. Or if you're uh, an iPhone person, you can go, <laughs> you can use Apple podcast, AKA iTunes. If you're an Android person, you can go to Google music, not Google play, Google music, That's where the podcasts are. Yes. Also, you can uh, use the Castbox app, Satchel Podcast Player, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, and Auto Radio. And if you post about us on Instagram, use the hashtag BTTYHT. We appreciate it. All right, so let's get into it. So, of course, we're going to talk about this. We, We may expand on this into another episode similar to something we did last year. Yeah. And uh, the Grammy nominees have come out. Mm, Uh, You haven't pulled up, I I do, and they are not
1: what we thought they would be.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, no, not at all. Um, Uh, Let's start with uh, Let's start with Best New Artist. Um, So I I do think this category mm -hmm. we this is what we
1: thought it would be with SZA, uh, Khalid. Um, I didn't see Lil Uzi Vert, and I don't think I saw Julia Julia Michaels, Alicia Cara. Um I guess you know but if going by the rules and their elig- um their you know breakthrough success
0: yeah I thought she would have been eligible last year
1: likewise yeah so maybe she missed it by a certain I, I don't know but that is one of them I didn't see coming I know we definitely we mentioned on a uh past episode Siza and Khalid I think we thought there was someone else we thought might be on there as well but I can't remember who um but I'm not fam- I'm not very familiar with Julia Michaels Not a really big Lil
0: Uzi Vert fan. And, um, yeah. So those are the the best new artist nominees. Um, If you want to root for someone uh, to win so that they'll go away. (laughs) um, I don't know. Who would you go with? I feel like you would lean toward Lil Uzi Vert.
1: If it means getting someone out of here, yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: SZA is is an interesting pick because uh, this is her second album that she just came out with. Mm-hmm. And with Alessia Cara, as I said, like the song here was a big song in 2015. Yeah. Um, and I think it came out before the deadline. So, but maybe she had not reached the public consciousness as they say. So, and Khalid is also an interesting choice because, well, Khalid and SZA because mm-hmm. they are not, you can consider them R and B just because they're black. If you yeah. want to look at it that way. <laughs>
1: But they're but more in the I think alternative. They're more.
0: Yeah, they're more the, the urban alternative uh realm. Uh song of the year, so so you'll know that it, Song of the year goes to the songwriter. That's it.
1: Yeah. The songwriters.
0: <laughs> okay. So we got Despacito getting all the love that MTV never gave. Yeah. Uh, 444 by Jay Z and Dion Wilson, which is no who is no ID. Uh, issues by Julia Michaels, co-written by Benny Blanco. Those names look familiar. I think that's Stargate. Benny, no, Benny Blanco is, um. I know Benny Blanco isn't part of Stargate, but Stargate oh, okay. are, are part of the, the songwriting team. Oh yeah, those guys, Mikel, Stor- I think, yeah, I think that is, uh, yeah. Uh, one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. 273 Alessia Cara, um, Khalid Robinson, that's Khalid. And logic, I, I'm not. I'm. Not, I don't know what his name. They put their real names on here, so yeah, that's Let we right see here. here. Logic is, I don't know. Maybe he didn't actually write the song. <laughs> well, there's three other. Like you can't have a rap song and and with three people on it, and the the rapper doesn't write <laughs> doesn't write the song. I don't. I um, know uh, he's from Maryland. I didn't know that. He is Sir. Sir Robert Bryson Hall the Second? It's a long ass name. I would have never guessed that was his real
1: name. Because <laughs> I was like, Oh well some British dude helped out on it. <laughs> Sir Robert Bryson Hall the Second. Knighted by her queen.
0: <laughs> I did not see that. Okay, so yeah, that's him, Sir Robert Bryson Hall. And that's what I like by Bruno Mars. Of course it's Bruno Mars, the uh what's his songwriting team? The Sneezingtons. The Sneezingtons. Yeah. And um, James Fauntleroy is on there, too. Um, Record of the Year, which goes to the artist and the producer. Uh, Awaken My... uh, Sorry. uh, Record of the Year. Stay Woke. Are you looking at record? Redbone. Redbone
1: by Childish Gambino. Which is a very interesting choice if you ever get a chance to read about the making of the album yeah of well in that particular track like it's kind of one of those things where like if you're an audiophile you're like oh man that's so cool and so it's cool to see them recognize this song I wish it was also in the song of the year category but I'll take record
0: uh also Despacito again getting Grammy love not MTV love the story of OJ by Jay-Z so two separate songs by Jay-Z mm-hmm one for song of the year, one for record of the year. Uh, that is Jay-Z produced by uh, Jay-Z and no ID. Uh, Humble by Kendrick Lamar uh, produced by Mike will made it. And a couple of other guys, Ashton Hogan. Get I feel him. like I should know. I should know that name mixed by Ali. Even the and, mixer is getting <laughs> uh, 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars, produced by Shampoo Press and Curl, which I think is him <laughs> and a couple of other people. Because <laughs> that's what he has. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Album of the Year "Awakened My Love by Childish Gambino. 444 by Jay-Z, Dan by Kendrick Lamar, Melodrama by Lord, and 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars. Now, we've, uh, in the big, well, the three big categories, Mm -hmm. who did we not mention? Not Ed Sheeran, not The Weeknd. Yeah. That one was a, so those two were
1: big shocks. Yeah. And I don't want to give too much away, because I do want to save some for the show that I'm sure we'll do about this, but huge shock. Like, where was, where is Star? And so, like, the only thing I'm wondering is, like, did he hold, withhold the album? Not Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran did not. He was nominated in pop categories. Right. And um, we, The weekend has a couple of nominations, Oh, too. he is. Oh, so he's nominated in the, he's nominated uh, in the R&B. Yeah. In R&B. So, it's kind of one of those things where this year, I don't know, because I feel like that wasn't just an R&B album, though, but I'll, I'll withhold, I'll withhold. Mm-hmm. Some of the statements oh, of the, that the that the um some of the statements that the Academy has clearly made this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um There's no old guy. <laughs> yeah. There's no old guy. Well, unless you want to say Jay Z's the old guy. Oh. But this is the first time he's been nominated for yeah. Album of the Year and he's had a um he's had some gripes. Some some legit gripes about the Grammys not televising any of the rap awards or um, to where other artists get rewarded over him, yeah, you know where he may have clearly had the best album, you know, something like that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he does show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, How and could if you? He, and then also, if he wins, mm-hmm. and Beyonce has not won, uh, you know, will that be? Will he? Will he like like uh, doing Adele? <laughs> well no, well no, I don't think he'll do that. But would he like rub it in, kind of how like some people think that Eli Manning, since he has two Super, Super Bowls. Bowl rings, <laughs> and Peyton has one, what are the what are the dinner conversations like? Mm-hmm. To where he has album of the year and she doesn't.
1: Well, hold on, doesn't Peyton have two now?
0: The second he got, oh, well, with... he does have two. Yeah, but up until then, but he, yeah, he got. But Eli had two first.
1: He's like, can you pass the gravy? My hand a little heavy. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so yeah.
1: Um I mean I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. And, and, and if he gets them that I mean that'd be awesome. I mean I have not heard the album in its entirety. Oh you know, I'm gonna save all this commentary. I'm gonna save this commentary.
0: Yeah. So we'll just we'll just give you a few nominees. This will be a future episode. Yeah. Uh probably the week of the Grammys. Uh and then we'll we'll get more in depth. But just to let you know, they've come out, yes we have seen them. And we'll talk about them more in depth uh a little bit later so uh moving forward uh, the tale of a lost laptop has turned into um some very interesting things here, yeah, putting your money where your mouth is, so to speak <laughs> um so Ryan Leslie, who is um uh artist producer. You know we haven't heard a lot from him. Yeah, I'm in still a
1: long really time. most familiar with Diamond Girl and then um Me and You. Yeah, which the Cassie, Cassie did, the yeah. Cassie
0: song. So, um haven't heard a lot from him as far as the pop charts, but he has been going through some legal issues I think around the time of his second album when yeah. his second album came out. So, back in October 2010, he lost his laptop in uh near Cologne in Germany. And. Uh, and he was on tour and he had to stop the tour immediately, and he offered a reward of one million dollars to anyone who returned it. A couple months later, a man named Armin Ogstein from Germany found it and demanded his reward when he returned the computer. Uh, I've seen a picture of this Armand mm-hmm. what, what? I don't think he would want anything with Ryan Leslie's music. <laughs> not not really. Yeah. But he uh, he does seem like a man who would want that you know, money. That money. <laughs> like, hey, look, you offered a million dollars. I got it right here. Like, where'd a million dollars at? Uh, with my money yet? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Ryan Leslie refused to pay up and realizing after realizing that the unreleased music on the laptop was missing. Mm-hmm. And his lawyer has said MP3s are nothing for a producer or studio engineer. Uh, they can't do anything with them. They need the session files. Yeah. These were his compositions. So that is what the important part was. It wasn't about MP3 files. It was the composition files. It was, you know, the the Pro Tools The projects. masters, basically. The masters. <laughs> yeah. Right. And Armin ended up suing the rapper, singer, producer. I, I don't like that. I see I, he's a he's a a singer, producer, and then maybe a rapper.
5: He kind of raps on.
0: He kind of raps on Diamond Girl. More part time rapper. But anyway, he's a songwriter first, Sing rapper. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was sued for a million dollars plus interest, and he filed that suit in twenty twelve, and he won that a few months later a few months and then after okay. that Ryan Leslie filed for bankruptcy and Augustine is still fighting to get that money. Yeah. So, according to court documents filed last week, they have come to an agreement that settles for all interest in the in Ryan Leslie's musical rights and future royalty payments for songs he produced, wrote or recorded. Basically, everything he receives royalties for. Yeah. He will give to armin Ogstein, which will be up to five hundred and thirty eight thousand dollars
1: yeah this is basically um their way of garnishing his wages like you you were supposed you said you would pay him this because as of now he's only paid five thousand dollars to the guy um and he still performs he still brings in money performing so if you're going to refuse to pay him the courts are like all right well how do you make money you make money off of royalties you're a songwriter um, you're a songwriter performer, so you 'll get songwriting royalties you 'll get mechanical royalties so every every royalty that you get is going to
0: go to this guy until you pay him what you owe and uh yeah he 's entitled to receive five hundred and thirty eight thousand if after six years he has not earned at least three hundred thousand, he will maintain the rights to the music hmm. until he reaches until Ryan Leslie reaches that figure yeah following the recovery he will well, I guess once he pays him, he'll get the rights to his music back. Yeah. And it sucks. But I mean, like, this is, you know, if you or I were
1: to default on a loan, this is how the bank would come after us. <laughs> if you or I were to default on any, any other agreed upon amount that we were going to pay, this is how the would. So, I mean, like, it sucks for him. Like, it really does. Like, as an artist, like, man, that has to suck. But, like, if you don't have a million dollars to give to somebody, don't promise a million dollars. Like, I don't like right now, Greg, I could not tell you if you did something for me, I would give you twenty thousand dollars because I don't have it. (laughs) So I'm not going to offer it, you know, and like and so like when I read about this and I first saw a posted on Brandon's page at first, I was kind of like, oh, this sucks. I was kind of upset. But then I read it and I was like, you kind of did this to yourself, man. Like, why would you offer a million dollars if you don't have
0: it? That And that—that's I think that's the main reason why Augustine has fought this. Yeah. Uh, like, look, you were offering a million dollars. I got your laptop. I didn't yeah. do anything. Well, you know, maybe he, Ryan Leslie thought, hey, you know, he did something on my laptop. Yeah. All my stuff is gone.
1: Cause at the, and also, to make it even worse, he didn't put any stipulations around what had to be on the laptop. Right. So there right. was nothing around saying, I need my laptop with all of its, you know, basically intact, you know, from a file standpoint. Because
0: what if it was... I mean if it was some stuff missing mm-hmm. then I could see that that still not that still doesn't justify not paying up. Yeah. But if the whole computer was erased I'm, I I it doesn't it didn't specify that in the article but if yeah. the whole computer was erased then hey what can you do? I mean you have your laptop back but look I don't Yeah because he said you know, he felt I don't know if it was a mac he had the find my mac on and then he erased it like you know erase everything like then that was on you. Yeah.
1: But <laughs> he said that uh, he did not feel the reward terms had been met. Clearly that was not in the reward terms if legal- if like you know he was able to win a suit. Cuz yeah. I would imagine like if the reward term stated it must have the IP on it that was there then you don't have to pay this gentleman. You didn't say that so pay the man
0: as they say. <laughs> Look, he's got to pay. He's gotta put out some music now he needs to uh... Diamond Girl Part 2 <laughs> Hey, look this is the time this is the time now before Cassie plays Janet Jackson in the Bobby Brown story yeah uh, it's time to get Cassie a new track and I, I follow her on Instagram she ain't doing nothing I'm sure she
1: would love it if you called her up and was like hey I got a new song for you it's called You and I <laughs>
0: <laughs> see it's grammatically correct yes yeah. um So, uh, hey, Ryan, Leslie, good luck to you. Um, I think he just, I think he kind of, he may have overestimated, too. Yeah. He's like, I will pay a million dollars. Ryan, you don't have a (laughs) million dollars. I'll find it. A million dollars. He hit that, uh, the Dr. Evil. I will pay
1: one million (laughs) dollars. And they probably did look like, hey, bro, um, you're going to release an album in a minute. I don't know if you got that.
0: Uh alright, let's take a look at the charts here really quick. Uh, number one song, still Rockstar by Post Malone and Twenty One Savage. I finally heard that. I I didn't really care for that. I it's not that. bad. I I liked Unforgettable better. I had the, it's like the same kind of vibe to me. Yeah. But, um Number two, Havana by Camilla Cabello featuring Young Thug. Number three, Perfect by uh the most influential artist in black music. Question mark. He he's working to be it. He is working to be it. Uh, Number four, Gucci Gang by Lil Pump, the one who's still alive. Number five, Thunder by the retired 2K Legends. Number six, Too Good at Goodbyes by Sam Smith. Number seven, Bodak Yellow Money Moves by the Love and Hip Hop legend Cardi B. Number eight, No Limit by G Easy featuring ASAP Rocky and Love and Hip Hop legend Cardi B. Number nine, What Lovers Do by the Adam Levines featuring (laughs) SZA. And number 10, Feel It Still by Portugal, The Man. (laughs) What a pause. So those are the top 10 songs. Let's get to the top 10 albums. I believe number one is still Reputation by The Fake News of Pop Music. Number two, A Pentatonix Christmas. By painted tight, Ty- it's that time of year <laughs> where if you have a uh, an acapella group that's been on TV a few times, kind time of put out that Christmas. You only got like X number of weeks
1: to do it. <laughs> <laughs> do not miss it. Like if you if somebody gets a cold, we got to replace you.
0: <laughs> got to replace you. Uh, number three, the thrill of it all by Sam Smith number 4 the anthology part 1 the first 5 years by garth brooks i have not heard from him in a while uh, is that the great the greatest hits and he's doing it 5 years at a time is that what because that that's what the career
1: that garth brooks had i wish like <laughs> hell he was on he was on spotify cuz he's not <laughs>
0: Number five, uh, Divide by the most influential artist in black music that the Grammys don't care for that much. <laughs> number six, Stony by Post Malone. Number seven, Beautiful Trauma by Pink. Number eight, Love is Rage 2 by Lil Uzi Vert. Number nine, Christmas by Michael Bublé, because it's that time of year.
1: What did they say on Family Guy? Like? Your mom's favorite singer?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's his nickname. Yeah, your your most favorite, favorite singer, <laughs> Michael Bublé. <laughs> and number 10. Fabulous and Jada Kisses Friday on Elm Street.
1: Yeah, someone told me about this. It's basically like uh, like Freddie vs Jason
0: type thing. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think that's what they wanted to call it. Mm-hmm. But they, oh no, they have a song called Freddie vs Jason. I think. Oh, I okay. think that's what it was. Uh, so yeah, so they uh, did a collaboration album debuting at number ten.
1: Oh man, and look at who's number eleven, right outside of the the top ten the subject of our podcast. Mm. Mhm. Mm.
0: All right, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the Artist 100. Number 1 is Taylor Swift. The the rare time that the Artist 100 the number 1 on the Artist 100 has has had that spot for multiple weeks in a row. Mhm. Uh number 2, the most influential artist in black music, number 3, Post Malone, number 4, Pentatonics. <laughs> <laughs> number five, Imagine Dragons, the retired 2K Legends. Number six, Sam Smith. Number seven, Garth Brooks. <laughs> number eight, Pink. Number nine, Demi Lovato. And number ten, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars hasn't put out anything new, like, he had to come up with a new single. I think what helped him to move up is he had a live show yeah. on CBS, live from the Apollo. Uh, from what I've seen on social media, it was it was amazing. I can only imagine he's a good performer. So uh that that helped him out. So it maybe he's he's one of the few artists that can like do other stuff and move up on this chart. No, I yeah.
1: He didn't have think to come so. out with a
0: single or video. Well, he can come out with a single or video, but it, not just that.
1: Yeah. He, he can do other things. And it
0: helps that he's a really good live performer. Yeah.
1: So I hope he does more of those. Like another I mean not necessarily it doesn't have to be at the Apollo, maybe another famous live venue or something um maybe you know bruno mars live from the hollywood bowl or bruno mars live from the red rocks i I don't know like i could i could see it though you know bruno mars live from the viper room (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: so um well we get to the charts here uh there's a story that's come out on this is from billboard that the album chart will incorporate streams and track sales. So the billboard 200 album charts will, um, beginning with the top 10 that was revealed last week. Um, the chart, which currently tracks the top 200 albums of the week by sales alone mm-hmm. will be the first to include on-demand streaming and digital track sales as measured by Nielsen Entertainment. So basically, if you download the album through pop through uh Apple Music or if you're streaming it on Apple Music or Spotify, Pandora, that will be that will that's a new algorithm that will account for the top um 200 albums. And is the most su- substantial methodology update that they say um, since May 1991 when Billboard first used Nielsen's point-of-sale data, which is SoundScan, to measure album <laughs> sales. So uh, what do you what do you think about that as far as Billboard including streaming data?
1: I mean, it's kind of one of those it's about time type things because streaming is so big. I can't remember some of the numbers we quoted in one of our episodes, but it is now a significant portion of how we consume music. Mm-hmm. Um and I would dare I say it I get I mean, I know radio is free, but um, it's it's kind of almost becoming like, you know, broadcast television versus cable Yeah. radio versus streaming. All right. So, you know, when you're when you're purchasing advertising on, on cable, the ratings aren't as high because, you know, there aren't as many people watching, but there's still a significant amount of people watching. And um, there's a big opportunity there if you're willing to put in the money. And maybe, maybe something like this will help us get, you know, like for instance, 15, 20 years ago, you would probably never see some of the shows that you see on TNT or TBS or even HBO. Um, but now because the money's there, like the, like, you know, the, the audience has shifted from just broadcast to cable because it's become more available, things like that. You've seen the higher production values in shows on cable TV. Um, maybe you will start to see more of a a shift now that it's being tracked like this. And since there's being more of an audience, maybe people will try to put more emphasis on streaming now. So like how some people will release, oh, we're going to release this album and it's a special edition. Maybe they release a streaming-only special edition album to get more streams, therefore boosting up your album sales. I think we might start to see more of a focus on stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I think what what may also be included... Um, Yeah, along with uh, the—I think we're going to see more stories about the fights or the the battles for the exclusivity for for streaming. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I played—we've played played a couple of songs to where they were Spotify singles. They're exclusively on Spotify. Uh, We've talked about, like, how Lemonade is— Still a title. Just on (laughs) title. I think it's on Apple Music. okay. But on Not anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. So I think it's. We're going to hear more stories about that. Just so. Because they. You know. Like. Okay. If there are people who are listening and streaming. That's good for our company. Yeah. And it's going to. Um, bring more membership. Possibly. Mm-hmm. I mean. There are people who download a title. Just so they can get lemonade. Or just so they can get. Uh, a free four, month. Four, four, <laughs> you know. They use that 30 day trial. Yeah. Um, it says here that current artists likely to benefit from this change, uh, also beats music and Google play and Xbox music or are going to be included, um, in tracking digital streams. I think pop
1: music, mostly like a lot of some reading here, an article, um, on billboard and saying, you know, like as far as hip hop and Latin music and stuff like that, dominating the charts could change because of this.
0: Yeah. Uh, it says artists that could benefit the most, are Ariana Grande, Hozier, and the Adam Levine's because <laughs> I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> their streaming and digital sales have been outperforming their album sales in recent weeks. So yeah. people may not have bought the like you buy you buy the album when it first comes out. That's where you get your your biggest sales from. Mm-hmm. But people have since been downloading the album, downloading a song here and there. Yeah, and that wasn't being really accounted for. Uh, there was a a plaque I saw to where um, with Bruno Mars, uh, that's what I like mm-hmm. had just gone platinum, and <laughs> it's hard to believe <laughs> the album had had gone had just gone double platinum or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he had six billion streams. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and so if you think about that you know, it younger artists that like really have a huge social media or just technological technological presence will likely benefit from this as well. Yeah. Um, because Apple, you know, and I will give Apple credit for this, even though I have my Android phone. Um, Apple did a really good job at making it cool to download music legally with their ad campaigns and everything. They made it easy and they made it cool. And so now, um, you you can sell. I mean, it, it makes it makes me think back to when Taylor Swift before she released 1989, um, they mistakenly put up a, a track of silence in Canada, and it shot straight to the top of the charts. <laughs> like immediately, it was just a track of silence, and like people spent their like spent well, I think it's dollar twenty nine now on silence. So like, if you have like a Taylor Swift or an Ariana Grande or a Selena Gomez, you've got that like that social media presence. You could easily see like you you could dominate the charts even longer, <laughs> because like looking at someone like a Cardi B, she of course hit number one. That single, if you look on Spotify, barely broke over a hundred million. Hasn't even cracked two hundred million. Yet you look at a song like "Despacito." Close to a billion. (laughs) So it's just like, you know, that would, it would probably hurt like a rap single, which might not traditionally just because, uh, especially an angry song like that. God, that's such an angry song. It's a cool song, but like a song like that isn't going to have the wide mass appeal. So like when you're looking at something like that, you're going to start, you you can almost think of it like as an R-rated movie versus a PG-13 movie.
0: What kind of thing is that that might I feel like that's it sounds backwards mm-hmm. because if the digital sales and the digital streams are going to count, mm-hmm. then it would help a song like that.
1: Yeah, which uh, and but, that's what I didn't get about them saying that because Despacito had international appeal, right? Yeah,
0: and even with I think that would help with, um, with rap singles and with and with Latin singles. Because if more people, if it's if it has a broader appeal, mm-hmm. then yeah, and people are buying it, yeah. then it seems like even more people would stream it.
1: Yeah, you would. Well, I will say not all songs, but some songs. It's I, it's kind of like a wait and see type thing, and I think you can kind of predict it by going on some of these streaming sites and looking at their most streamed songs. Because in that case, and I don't think we were really, I don't think we we're doing the podcast when this song was big, but lean on. Is another one of those most streamed yeah. songs um, ever on Spotify, and I imagine it was the same on other services as well. So you probably see a song like that stay on the charts longer. So yeah. those a lot of ed- you might see more EDM.
0: Yeah, I think we'll see more EDM because it's got um, that it's got huge international appeal. I think some artists that are going to stay in the top ten for a long time based on how many streams they have now. So like Ed Sheeran, like Shape yeah. of You is past a billion. Uh, Justin Bieber might have two or three songs that mm-hmm. are past a billion.
1: One dance. I don't uh, know if that ever hit number one on billboard, but that's it past not. a billion
0: or did it? I think it did.
1: I don't it remember, did. but yeah, that's past a billion streams. So that so, might be helped as well.
0: So yeah, you'll, I, I think you're, you're right. You'll see, uh, you may see songs stay in the top of the charts longer. Um, if you're including the, the strings, because people, I feel like there are people who put this song put a song on repeat and it plays mm-hmm. literally for 24 hours.
1: So then you have to wonder as well, and probably looking into this a little bit more later, how much are they going to count that? How much will they yeah. count streaming versus sales versus radio play, especially as radio starts to decline in popularity? That's just, you know, that's because it, it really is just kind of like, you know, broadcast television is declining in popularity because you have things like Netflix and HBO and, now HBO has, you know, and everyone's getting their own standalone streaming services. Yeah. So you have to start to wonder, like, which will count for more,
0: you know? Right. All right. Well, that will uh, do it for our uh, music news. There was some more things that happened. We know about Russell Simmons. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to wait for that to develop. uh, Yeah. We, We just need to gather more information. As the NRA said. Ooh, what did I say? Said the N R A,
1: but <laughs> don't want to make it political. And we, we know about DMX
0: too. Yeah. Oh, um, we know about DMX. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, and and we know Eminem's got a new album coming out in ten days. He's got Beyonce and Ed Sheeran. And uh, um there's someone else that he had on there too. Like, really? Please let Ed man? Sheeran be rapping. Please
1: <laughs> Let Ed Sheeran. I said before the broad, this broadcast, I think he's taking the most influential black artist because this was not something we made up.
0: We did like, yeah, this was we from say, a poll. This is from a poll from a UK newspaper who everyone and, thought was being silly. And it <laughs> said Ed Sheeran is the most influential artist in black music.
1: And I, I think he literally he's, said that. I think he's trying to because I mean, and, and as we've mentioned on this show plenty of times. Um, the UK is obsessed with soul, with soul R and B, soul, the blues. They love the music, so it stands to reason that maybe Ed Sheeran grew up on soul music, blues music, and possibly even hip hop, because there have been. I mean, from the moment I heard "Sing," I don't think I don't think Pharrell had to convince him to rap
0: on that track. I think he he kind of had to. Did he? He had to a little bit. Okay, because uh, he he didn't he didn't like the track at first, but he, oh really? He had to, he had to convince him. Because I know when I
1: heard it, it sounded very Justin Timberlakey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so ever since then, I think he's trying to take it to heart. And I think he's you're going to start hearing him on a lot of tracks <laughs> <laughs> dropping verses.
0: All right. So, uh, Ben, tell us about, you know, this is the second time she's been on here. Really? Well, was my first one. Uh, it was something from Fearless. Oh, it was it was Fearless. <laughs> it was yeah the song Fearless. It yeah. was the
1: title track Fearless. So yeah, this is my second. Oh, but before I start, tell them what tell them what made it back onto the uh, oh yeah the yeah, earworms. Yeah.
0: So uh, after Ben's many emails, uh, sternly worded emails and <laughs> and, uh, and handwritten letters, Hot Rod Hearts by Robbie Dupree has returned to Spotify and thus to our BTT YHT Earworms playlist. Yeah, that was my
1: other song that I listened to a lot
0: (laughs) for those Hot Rod Hearts. So that song is back on, um, it is back on Spotify and there's also a Spanish version.
1: I've yet to listen to that. I'm (laughs) going to listen to that. El Hot Rodo Hearts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's Autos de Corazon. That was actually really good. Did you take Spanish? Yeah. I took French, so I don't...
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Le voiture de... I don't know. V voiture is it's, it's a car, but I don't know how oh. to say it. I'll figure it
0: out. <laughs> so, uh, that was... Uh, that has returned. Long time coming. Uh, uh, so, tell know. us about your the week for this week.
1: So, for this week, um, <clears throat> um, she finally put Reputation on Spotify. And um, I gave it a listen. I, I was anxious to hear it because I thought that... 1989 was such an awful album, and I just wanted to hear. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of wanted to hear crash and burn. <laughs> <laughs> I did like call it "What You Want," which was the last single released from the initial four, and um, most of the album sounds like that song. Like it's kind of a mellow album um, with a few songs that like start out kind of mellow and then just have a really big beat come into them, um, complete with you know trap cymbals, um, hi hat cymbals. Which I I guess that's just the thing to do now. But um, this was a song that she did with Max Martin and Shellback. And I was telling Greg, I think that they took over more of the songwriting duty. So I liken this to when she made um, the album Red, where basically he wrote 22 and he wrote, we are never getting back together. Like she has songwriting credits, but Max Martin's hands are all over those songs. You can tell because it's very different from what she's done before And I feel that that's what a lot of these songs are like. He basically kind of went in there and was like, all right, listen, like 1989 was good, but this is going to be better. And I think that's what he kind of did. Like, you know, some of these are um, you don't hear the stereotypical, um, you know, the stereotypical uh, Taylor Swift choruses and pre choruses and verses and things like that. There's just some different things, Um, either that or she's just really matured as a songwriter. I, I don't know which it is, but this one is called I Did Something Bad. It is followed by um, It Follows Endgame, which features Ed Sheeran and Future. I say check that album out because he does rap on that track, Ed Sheeran Bars. <laughs> we got to make that a hashtag. Um, but enough about the album. Check this song out. I think you might like it.
0: All right. This is I Did Something Bad by Taylor Swift from Reputation. And we'll be right back.
4: I never trust a narcissist, but they love me. So I play him like a violin And I make it look oh so easy Cause for every lie I tell them They tell me three This is how the world works Now all he thinks about is me I can feel the flames on my skin Crimson red paint on my lips If a man talks shit then I owe him nothing I don't regret it one bit Cause he had it come
5: They say I did something better Than why's it feel so good
4: They say I
0: did something bad by taylor swift from reputation
1: she's never written phrasing like that before yeah
0: like yeah she can't write that yeah th-
1: she has never <laughs>
0: she, she didn't write that at, at all. At most they took like a poem of hers and i was like we'll make this work they probably just took the phrase i did something bad like yeah we can write something else like that. i can't hear
1: any like typically i could listen to a song of hers and be like oh she this is where her writing because every writer has a style and you can be like, this is where her style comes in. Nah. Like, I wouldn't even believe it if they said it in an
0: interview that she
1: wrote it. <laughs> I'd be like, Stop lying. Why you lie?
0: <laughs> so you could find that song on our BTTYHT earworms playlist on Spotify sponsors right now. And uh bring Hearts. <laughs> and they they did bring back Hot Ride Hearts, so we're, we're we're getting closer we're getting closer uh so we started the show with a uh i guess a parody of our, of our topic <laughs> oh that was a parody <laughs> uh, an episode of the boondocks uh the beginning of an episode with pretty boy flizzy uh which was a parody of chris brown and uh we are talking about the documentary aka the chris brown propaganda project yeah. welcome to my life <laughs> Um man believe the reviews i didn't want to believe them
1: they were right this is just a how can we make chris brown look as good as possible
0: <laughs> yeah it was it was uh just a straight up pr um just straight up PR. Yeah. You know, I was expecting a little more. Well, first, I, I should have known at, to see how long it was. Yeah. Hour 19. An hour 19. Mm-hmm. I guess, like, well, I guess that's as far as they could get. Uh, <laughs> Before you <they>, got angry? <laughs> well, it was like, no, I was like, we ran out of stuff. <laughs> we ran out of good stuff to say about Um, <laughs> uh, mm. And uh, so... This documentary, it's it's basically his 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 life story up to this point. Yeah. But the reason why we say it, it's propaganda or or, you know, just this big PR stunt is because the the first impression that I got, and I think you got it too, very one sided.
1: Oh God, yes. Oh man, like it, it it's like puts a Michael Moore documentary one-sided. to shame. Like it's <laughs> like he could have called it bowling for Chris Brown. Like it was really bad. Like it was And of course, you always go into a documentary knowing that there is going to be a slant. I think we both kind of figured that, but you didn't expect it to be this bad to where like it almost felt like the majority of the budget was to paying these his celebrity friends to say nice things about him.
0: Right. Um, It definitely it definitely came off that that way, you know. um, And they. It was awkward. <laughs> yeah. Some of it was awkward. And some of it's like, that's how you saw that. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody else saw. So that saw was what you saw.
1: Probably the most disturbing part about it. And I say disturbing because, um, of course, you know, he he has the domestic violence incident with Rihanna and hearing him describe it. Um it sound he describes it almost as uh, at certain points like an out-of-body experience which I can understand because you know at a certain point he probably does look back on it and feel like he's watching it rather than experiencing it so I can understand that however he greatly downplays his part in all of this oh yes and yes. tries to play her up as being equally culpable in what happened um and you don't want to say that someone's victim blaming but he almost kind of makes it sound like, well, what would you expect me to do with everything that she was doing? It
0: was like he, he panicked. <clears throat> well, not not really panicked, but that was a natural reaction.
1: Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. he
0: did was a natural mm-hmm. reaction. Well, she, she was saying it I and mean, she, she wouldn't calm down and she wouldn't believe me.
1: Mm-hmm. So I had to hit her. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoa, how'd you get there? Um, yeah, I mean, it was... Like you said, a lot of like, what are we doing? What am I doing? There was a what lot of doing? that. A lot of
0: him saying, "What are we doing?" Like you lack self awareness, yeah, um, and you you have a lot of trouble assessing a situation, um, or or try or or maybe it's denial, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and of course, there
1: there are always two sides to a story, and. It sounds like him and Rihanna did have a very volatile relationship. Like, it's not like, and I'm not even coming here and saying that what he did was okay, but it does seem like they had a very volatile relationship.
0: Well, the way he described it. Yeah. And the way that it was presented, it made it seem like this is the first time they fought ever. And and that can't be No way. For for the, for, for the, to look at the result. No way! That was the first time. No,
1: they had to have had. I and wouldn't that, be surprised that, if they, they had
0: knocked down drag out. It wasn't even the first time that. Well, I think he said they did. Yeah, All right, but it, it made it seem like this is the moment it went too far. Yeah, and it, it probably and wasn't. Don't believe. I don't <laughs> believe that. I
1: believe there were broken windows, broken glasses in this relationship. Like yeah, I, this, this like wasn't the
0: first time that uh, she suspected him cheating. Yeah, couldn't have been. No. Um, and th- I don't think it was the first time that he actually like hit her with a closed fist. I don't either.
1: I don't either. Cause for all we know, I mean, not that I'm going to go back and do the research, but how many canceled shows, how yeah. many, you know, canceled appearances, you know, did she have? Because, uh, this too, this is, this one's too bad to cover up with makeup, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right? And then. You know, and then of course, you know he's saying he he's going on stage with scratches on his face of course i i I don't know how he looked at the time, but you know had, did he ever go on stage with you know or do appearances with like oh, what happened? oh, you know, just you know and tries to explain it away so I think that was a very volatile relationship in which they he had issues, but like he it probably didn't you know whatever there was with her, it didn't help like the way in which she was acting did not help the situation whatsoever. Um, And it's just like, and I know it's a sensitive subject, but like, it's just like, holy crap. Like that was I to be a fly on the wall. (laughs) I'll just say that much to be a fly on the wall. And who knows what the people that they worked with closely saw? Cause I'm pretty sure somewhere in America, someone who worked for either Chris Brown or Rihanna was like, well, it was only a matter of time before it spilled out.
0: Yeah. Um, so we'll be jumping around a little bit uh, with, with this. As um, Ben said, that there were some moments to where it was unintentionally funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a lot, to me. There was a lot of unintentional comedy watched it with Kendra. And mm. um, I don't, so hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this, please go watch the documentary because it's, you're not going to waste your time. I mean, yeah, it's a Chris Brown puff piece, but there's it, it is interesting, to say the least. Um, but the part where he does describe most of the Rihanna incident, we were convinced he was high. Yeah. Like, he um, had to get high to talk about it. I'm yeah. fairly certain he had a, a lighter in his right hand that he was playing with the whole time. And, like, he was just misquoting... It seemed like he was misquoting facts. Um, there was that one point where he said he was when he went on trial for this he was 17 going on 18 and how old was he he was 20 <laughs> <laughs> you were 20 i could understand if you were like i was 19 going on 20 but to say i was 17 going on 18 what <laughs> and i had to pause and look up the the year that it happened to make sure that he was you know that i wasn't wrong and i was like i know this came out after kiss kiss in which you said you just turned 18 and then it did. So I was like, all right, yeah, this yeah, you were 20 years old when this happened.
0: Um again a a, a lack of self-awareness um and I think this that was at a point of filming the documentary like we we got to get we we got to we got to get him to a point to where he can say this without, <laughs> cracking without getting up mad or getting mad Hulk smashing everyone. Yeah. Um hope smashing. <laughs> <laughs> Um I guess the, the early part of it I guess what it how it seemed, you know, is that everything happened really fast. Yeah. For him. Uh
1: well you mean just like his rise to stardom and everything? Just his his yeah. rise to
0: stardom. You know, he was found at a well, his his dad worked at a gas station and some talent agent walked mm-hmm. it was one of those like one of fairy those, tales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: I was I kind of laughed when they said, and so he just Chris went with him to New York. I'm like, you will just let him go with some rando. That so you way, never seen to New York. He could have been a pedophile <laughs> for all you know.
0: Well, and well, I, you know that was what 2003.
1: Thank God it wasn't so, R. Kelly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he, he was a. It, it's a male, so it that it doesn't does as far not compute, as as far as we does know not compute for R. Kelly. As far as we know. <laughs> As our, yeah, as far as we know. Back when he peed on you. that
1: girl, did you know he was holding women in his, holding women hostage? I didn't. <laughs> so it's, I always say yeah, but were
0: there any boys, though?
1: As far as Probably we know.
0: Not. Now, if it was Chris Stokes <laughs> who discovered Chris Brown at a gas station, we're telling a different story. <laughs> He's like, Chris, Omarion, Omarion, Chris, run. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Run.
1: It's like, now we know why he beat Rihanna. <laughs> he was just confused. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Um, oh, I was right there. But, okay. yeah, with, with R. Kelly, is always, as as far as we know, because I feel like just something always just, just coming out about him.
0: Yeah. But,
1: <laughs> but, yeah. So, I mean, like, it was a whirlwind. And, honestly, it makes me question. So, of course, one of the other things that really bugged me was all the celebrity, his celebrity friends they had. I guess you could say testifying, like they were in court or something.
0: Yeah, like character witnesses. Yeah, and like
1: <laughs> if he was as close to someone like a like an usher, who got discovered way younger than Chris Brown, like yeah. Usher was like what eleven when he did that first album, eleven or twelve, when he had that first record.
0: I know he was discovered when he was maybe like eleven. The song he did on the Set It Off soundtrack, I think he was like thirteen. Cause let me see the first Usher album, which most people don't know that
1: he had something before um, oh yeah like my he, way well, his,
0: his yeah before my way he had songs i think like uh devonte swing was yeah. writing them it was it was basically like a Jodeci album it was a Jodeci album but 13 year old usher
1: and like and diddy <laughs> was famous for saying like you know one of the reasons it didn't work is because people cannot buy a kid this young singing about things so it was a self-titled and the song i know is can you get with it that was the song I know. Yeah. They came out in 1994. Usher was born <laughs> in 1978. So, so it was
0: 15, 16,
1: 15, 16. He was, yeah, he was too young to be singing about sex. Um, <clears throat> but as somebody who got discovered at such a young age, you would think that someone like Usher would have helped guide him a little bit better well,
0: because of how, because <laughs> of Usher's adventures with Diddy. <laughs> I, Usher might not be the best example. Okay. <laughs> Actually, he wouldn't be the best example for him. I guess not, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he... Uh, well, Chris Brown discovered at a gas station and he's just off and running and um, with a single run it. <clears throat> I, let's, let me see. I'm, let me cue up the clip here to where... <laughs> um, was it the nine-minute mark that you said that? that? I have it here. Just want to make sure this is the right clip. Yeah, like 921, 922, yeah. To where, basically, DJ Khaled takes credit for Chris <clears throat> Brown's success.
3: I remember meeting Chris Brown for the first time in Miami. Um, he just got done recording Run It. Um, and uh, as soon as he got done out the studio... It got in my hands and I went on the radio and broke it. Uh, uh, helped break that record. and um, It was a record I believed in. And, um, I knew he was going to be the next superstar the day I met him.
1: I remember the first time. So, yeah. Um, Is that his Diner Ross moment? Introducing Chris Brown.
0: <laughs> the DJ Khaled int- introduces.
1: <laughs> DJ
0: Khaled yeah. presents Chris Brown.
1: He was uh, Yeah, because like, the way he told it, you would have thought he was in the studio with him.
0: Yeah, working like, I working on the track. I met him that day. He just made this song. He gave me the CD. I played it on the radio. Scott Storch was like Chris Brown,
1: DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled, Chris Brown. Probably not.
0: <laughs> um So that was that was the first single and it was um uh, a one oh six in Park uh staple. Mm-hmm. And um You know, I guess when you hear the song, you can kind of see that, hey, maybe this could go somewhere. Yeah. Um, But everything was just kind of, it just, um, everything kind of blew up for him. Everything happened really fast. Um, Came out with a self-titled album. Um, And then, like, with his early life, they they kept saying he was influenced by Michael Jackson.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Even someone his age... I find it hard to believe mm-hmm. uh, that that's what he was, he was influenced by. But maybe it's because of a small town. There's only a few artists that people <laughs> in a small I town know about, actually yeah. know. Maybe it was something like that. Um, and... Uh, And during the documentary, it was just a lot of people saying like how great he was and how great a a performer he is. Just pumping him up, pumping him up. It was just, yeah, all the air and helium you can find. Uh, They talked to DJ Khaled and Terrence J and Jamie Foxx and Mary J. Blige and Jennifer Lopez. All of Chris's highest profile friends. Yeah. Uh, They didn't talk to... Um, but they did talk to Tiger too. They talked. They did an album together, yeah. and maybe he got paid for it because he needs the money. Um,
1: that was but, probably the lowest profile person they talked to, you know? though.
0: Yeah. Lower than his aunt and mother, who are not celebrities. <laughs> lower than the high school, school basketball, basketball coach.
1: <laughs> who I, I thought was going to say, Chris, could have been a star. <laughs> like to tell a lie like you you know he turned down a basketball scholarship from the you know University of Virginia to do to be a singer <laughs> <laughs> and then have the coach of Virginia at the time I was really you know I went to we're, a few games we were really interested in Chris Brian. you know we we were you know we were looking at him West Virginia was looking at him um Syracuse was looking
0: at him. <laughs> Georgetown Georgetown
1: <laughs> Yeah all of these schools yes <laughs> Roy Williams like I you know Chris Brown was so athletic <laughs> I would stop I was stop yeah but like the way in which they were talking him up you wouldn't have been surprised <laughs> yeah like Chris Brown can do anything you know anything T.D. Jakes you know he was a man of God Just <laughs> there's like everyone coming to his like and like I had to think like Mary J Jennifer Lopez who looked really good by the way in this um what? How do they feel about this music? Like, you know, like, Mary seems like she's very, you know, about, you know, women. How does she feel about these hoes ain't loyal? <laughs> Bitches and marijuana. How does she feel about these songs? Is she like, I was okay with Chris doing these because, you know, it's hard. You know?
0: Um, I don't know. Let me get to the next clip here to where um, DJ Khaled has some interesting uh, thoughts Oh goodness.
1: Is it the one I'm thinking of at uh the only person I
3: ever thought about like that is Michael Jackson. There's Michael Jackson and there's Chris Brown. And that's just facts.
2: Just like Michael Jackson open
0: the door. There's no one else. It's Michael Jackson and Chris Brown. There's no one in between. Mm-mm. There's no one after. Nuh-uh. That's it.
1: That is it. <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> Chris Brown that is that's the end what about Beyonce I said Michael Jackson and Chris Brown what about his mentor Usher Michael Jackson <laughs> and Chris Brown <laughs> Um,
0: I I think that makes it even more of a puff piece you know there's no um, I, DJ Kyle just went too far <laughs> he went too far like, we're just trying to you know pump him up a little bit you know make him seem like a good guy and DJ Kyle <laughs> went too far <laughs> <laughs> he you really know, did. You know, it's like someone saying, like Michael Jordan, Vince Carter. <laughs> <laughs> those are the facts.
1: Those, those are the facts. <laughs> like what? Really? What, what? What about Reggie Miller? Michael Jordan, Vince <laughs> Carter. Those are the facts.
0: Um, I mean, I I understand the comparison, and that and that's his. That's a, a <clears throat> true influence. Yeah. Um, but to put him in the same ballpark, you're, uh, or to not even just be willing to mention other people, but yeah. And there were other people (laughs) in between. It's not like he was just like the next dude. Yeah. You know, just how we talked about before, once there's one artist who is successful, you're going to look for, um, other artists like that. Yeah. You're going to uh try to f- try to repeat that with another person which is close to impossible. Yeah. And it, and then people can tell if that's what you're doing. Yeah. Um so he he blows up, he's going on <laughs> tour, uh he's changing the music landscape uh because he's doing R&B and pop and hip hop together. He's not the first one, though. No, he's not. But anyway, that's what's going on. Um, Don't let DJ Khaled tell it, though. (laughs) DJ Khaled told it. No one has ever done this ever in the history of people. His sound is so accurate. I know what I said. Accurate. Um, What was another time here? Uh, Okay, so I guess I did like the, the meat and potatoes of this. Why people may have... I don't know if this was in theaters or if people bought the DVD or tried to stream it or, you know, if they, if they, when it got to Netflix, when they watched it to find out, uh, we like kind of like the selling point was what happened with Rihanna, what happened that night, what happened that night, what led to that? So, uh, let me get to the first part of it. Um, we'll get to when he first met her and it this this was kind of weird as far as like describing uh when he met her it just sounds kind of boring
3: i think i was about 15 um the first time we actually met um it was at a show I, think it's I don't believe that show in uh, mm-hmm. New York and we were uh, and I, I've been hearing her, met, like, her mm-hmm. music and stuff from you know the radio it was, it was big number one hit and I was just sitting there I was like man okay cool I want to see what she looked like on the meter I seen her video. I was like oh she cute so you know I seen her I saw her at the show and she was like hey what's up how you doing and she had an accent and I was like never heard that before that kind of <laughs> sound good you know, you know what I'm saying so I, I said you know what let me talk to her, see what she's talking about. Just be cool with her. We exchange information and stuff like that. And through passing, we would be on the same shows. She would always, like, would perform and then would go sit in the crowd. She watched my shows, so I was, like, nervous. I was like, do she like me? I didn't know if she liked me or not, but I was just like, "She really watching the shows, so she actually must like my music. So from there, you know, we just became friends. And fr- uh, <clears throat>
0: It sounds very boring, right? It's, it's, it's boring. I mean, I don't know what, I guess it's exciting was supposed to be, but, um, once
1: again, I don't believe it. I don't believe that's how they met. I don't think
0: that's how, yeah, I don't think that's how they met. Yeah. I think it was just had to be, um, I think they probably, when they first met, uh, she offered him some weed and <laughs> he was uh, like, that's never how they became no friends. like that before. <laughs> he had never seen a girl smoke a blunt before. So <laughs> That, that, I think that's how they actually met. You talk like the Bob totally Marley wrong.
1: people. Like,
0: you <laughs> <laughs> just make him sound more country than he is. <laughs> He's from Topahana, Virginia. Uh, so I, I didn't, Well, there's nothing to get from that, how mm-hmm. they met. And, and like I said, why people would watch this is what was the selling point is what happened that night. Mm-hmm. That's what matters. Um, And I guess we go ahead and just kind of get into that because it doesn't, like I said, the, the whole, the whole, um, the whole documentary, uh, I like how you said, it's a puff piece Mm -hmm. and they just, uh, he got all his high profile friends to kind of just, um, to pump him up and to make him seem like a nice guy. And then there were parts to where, like, you made him seem like he's innocent, and mm-hmm. then you made him seem like he's mature. Like, I know there are moments to where he he saw violence. <clears throat> yeah. And it may have had an effect on him, but um, I think that what is, what, what is missing from what, what people don't see here, I guess, is that there was complete lack of self-awareness and self-control. Yeah. And, uh, we'll, okay, good. I'm glad you marked the, the, that, that one part about impulse control, <laughs> I'm play that clip too. Like it doesn't make sense. And you're trying to, um, just find as many excuses for him as well.
1: Yeah. Rather than, and, and in that lack of Rather self-awareness and self-control, he doesn't try to, he doesn't try to do anything about it. So it's one thing. To, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. I ain't got no self control, but what are you going to do about it? <laughs> are you going to go try to get help? He, and it's like, he didn't really try to get help until he had to. And by then, of course it's too late. And what could have been a promising career second to only Michael Jackson, um, it's
0: just derailed. <laughs> of course, this is according to uh DJ Khaled. So we'll play the clip of, uh, what happened. A little bit of it.
3: I look, I look over at Rihanna and she's bawling, She's just crying in the middle of the, the ceremony about to start. She's just crying and I'm like, yo, 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 please, please, babe, don't do this. Like, don't do this in here. Like, like I didn't know. I promise, I swear to God, I didn't know. So she got over it. She started drinking a little bit. We both were drinking a little bit. We was tipsy, laughing, <laughs> joking. That's how you like solve problems. Dead.
4: And Juan, just a few hours ago, we saw Chris Brown drive off. According to sources, the alleged fight broke out inside a Lamborghini that was located at Hancock Park.
3: As you know, young relationships, any relationship is based on trust, but because I told her that she didn't trust me with anything. So I would, let, I would give her the option of, oh, you can look at my phone. So I gave her the phone. She looks at the phone, and there's a message, and it says, kill the Grammys, do your thing. Um... And I didn't read the rest of the message, I didn't open it. So she opened the message and the rest of the message said, I'll see you at the cloud party. So off she thought I was lying. She starts going off, she throws the phone, I hate you, whatever, whatever. Starts hitting me. We're in a little Lamborghini. You know, she's fighting me and I'm like, look, I'm telling you the truth. I swear to God, you know, I'm telling you the truth, stop it. So then she hits me a couple more times and I and I just kinda just it doesn't go from translation to let's sit down, I'm telling you the truth. It goes to now I'm feeling to be be mean and be evil, <laughs> arguing, arguing, arguing. So then, like, she, like I remember she tried to kick me. It's like just her just being upset. But then I really hit it. Like I, I, let's I, go back. me So I would let, I would give her the option of. Wait oh, just a few seconds here. <clears> so I gave her the phone. She looks at the phone and there's a message and it says, kill. Throw the phone, I hate you, whatever, whatever. Starts hitting me. We're in a little Lamborghini. You know, she's fighting me and I'm like, look, I'm telling you the truth. I swear to God. You know, I'm telling you the truth. Stop it. So then she hits me a couple more times and I, and I just kind of just, it doesn't go from translation to, let's sit down. I'm telling you the truth. It goes to, now I'm finna be, be mean and be <laughs> evil. Arguing, arguing, arguing. So then like, <laughs> she, like
0: he was not trying. He 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 was not saying um now I'm about to be be mean. No.
1: He was about to say a No. The
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what he was about to say. Nah.
1: nah. Um <clears throat> You know he could have taken that out. I'm
0: sure I'm pretty sure if he was like let's yeah. re-film that yes late. That could have been reshot. Um I get afraid. and with that story it's I don't know. It, it's hard to see that any any well, anybody in a relationship would buy that excuse uh-huh. I would like to where okay, I didn't read the message, so I didn't know what it said yes. I don't buy that I don't buy that at all. This isn't like like I think iPhones were out at the time. he might have had one, but if you go into your messages you can see that you have a message. You see like all your message threads mm-hmm. and the one at the top is the one that hasn't been read. Yeah. You can see the first line. Yeah. But it, if it has the blue dot, then it hasn't been read. Yeah. So I, I mean, it, it's hard to prove, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> hard to prove that he didn't read it. I mean, you can mark something as unread after you read it yeah. <laughs> to make it seem like you hadn't read it. But, um, he probably did that. Like, see, I ain't read it yet. You're loving. You're loving <laughs> yeah. Um To uh, I guess every a lot of guys would say, and you know I would I would lean toward it too that there's no reason to uh, to hit a woman even if she hits you.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of guys believe that, um, but then there's some guys who ask, well, where where's the line? Where, where is, where's is the line? There has to be a line because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not just going to be hit, mm-hmm. but if, if, even if a girl's hitting you and then you hit her back, then it's never going to end well for you. It Then it's you you're still n- wrong. It's not even if, even if you well got hit in you. the face 20 times, yeah. you swing and hit her once you still wrong. I mean, but that's, this is n- how, that's just how it's going to
1: look. It's not going to end well. <laughs>
0: It, it doesn't end well for the guy.
1: Especially when it was like she grabbed my nuts. I was like, still not gonna end well for you, man. <laughs> still not gonna end well for you.
0: That was well, like, it's like that doesn't mean it, it, it's not like you had no options. Yeah, you no. could you could have grabbed the arm, like you know, or or just pull over, pull over, over and get out.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like sorry. at one point they pulled over. Like why, why didn't you do that ten minutes ago? Like when it started, pull over while you're driving like basically you are at the mercy of whatever she does and you need just pull over and it's like all right let's talk about this not you know like one hand on the steering wheel the other hand on your fit on your face no like just pull over and if she starts to get erratic just get out just get out the car you chris brown you can afford another one <laughs> here you can have it like it's a gift let me go ahead and remove myself from this situation but he didn't because it was a volatile relationship and he probably like they think the first time he's hit her so it was normal yeah. you know this was how they this was the first time they hit each other. I'll just put it that. This was how they handle things.
0: And what was uh another part of it is that she When he he said there's a part where he said he hit her and he, he kind of was like shock. And then you hit her again. Yeah. So it's like, Oh my god, what am I doing? doing yeah. What is happening to me? Like <laughs> he has I mean, it was a loss of, uh, I think it's his very next thing. They had it queued up here.
3: And it uh, busted her lip. And when I saw it, I was in shock. I was like, fuck, why the hell did I hit her? Like, So from there, she's just spitting my face, like, spit the blood in my face. And I'm like, yo, so it enraged me even more. Like, it's a real own fight in a car. We <laughs> See?
0: You see? You see? He was in shock that he hit her. <laughs> and then when she spit in his face, it's like, oh, I'm gonna hit her again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, sorry, it was a reflex. <laughs> like,
0: come on, man. Like, it's. I don't. Um. I don't understand how anyone would buy it.
1: Yeah. No. It's very. It's very hard to buy. And it. It was. Like I said, he had to get high to talk about it.
0: Oh yeah, and and if you watch this, he he is. Well, I can't can't get a good look on the like where his eyes look like, but they're kind of low like as he he may be high or he, he may be drunk or something. There was He's the something influence. he had to do to get through talking about this. Yeah, because like later on, he talks about how like they were there, like with other interviews. He had a he, mm-hmm. you get angry. He, he got angry. You know, everyone knows about the Good Morning America incident. Um, I did say that Robin Roberts ain't shit. before because she um uh they they talked about the interview beforehand before going on the air it's like well i'll talk about this but i won't talk about this and he's trying to focus on um focus on the album the album was being released that day Mm -hmm. and she's like well you know we'll talk about the album and and you've gone through some hard times. Yeah, I and, guarantee and then that's you, like that. that's that's opening the door or just or kicking down the door. I guarantee of, uh, her producers
1: were like, "Do it." Oh yeah,
0: probably got pushed to do it. Yeah, I she mean, probably said
1: her. no, and her producers was like, "Do it." <laughs> like they're probably in the ear in her ear, like, "Good, yeah, keep going. keep going, keep <laughs> going, keep going." Like you could, and it's just like, uh, yeah.
0: He's like, you going through some hard time. I think she tried to like, you she tried to ease times. into
1: it. And they were like, rip He's off like, the bandaid.
0: <laughs> like, yes, yes, Robin.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, you know, I'm pretty sure they sent her after him. And if I were Chris yeah, Brown, I would mean, have just about stopped. the
0: restraining order. <laughs> I would have just stopped talking.
1: I would have been like, we talked about this. If, if that is what truly happened, I would have done that. Cause I, I know there's always two sides to the story. And for all we know, maybe Chris Brown says, we said, don't talk about this in actuality, he was high and he thought we said, don't talk about this. And he got out there, like, man, why should you talk about this? I'm like, what are you doing? What are we doing? (laughs) And so I don't, but I mean, like, in all honesty, like, if that was what we agreed on, then we, 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 we finished the interview. We don't do this anymore. We stop talking. Like, that's when I say, I'll perform the song if you want, but we're done talking. Like, if it is something that's going to make you so mad that you're going to trash a, um, trash a, uh, a, a room, room, a dressing room like he did, you know, which further just go to make you look crazy.
0: Yeah. And uh, one part to where it kind of it may have hurt his case, you know, as far as like to where we're not aware of how violent he can be is when he said uh, people thought I threw a chair through the window. I actually punched the window. That makes it look worse. Like you, you did not help Come yourself.
1: Stick with chair.
0: <laughs> if you stuck with chair they're like well you know it was a metal chair yeah you know that's going to happen if you punched it now someone's you like you didn't break a hand or your hand's yeah. not all bloody or anything like that
1: And other people are like you, well you, no you, wonder you around his face
0: look like that like if you can punch glass and <laughs> you 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 crazy mm-hmm. some something is off with you um so, man, I ain't throw a chair. That was my fist. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like it's something to brag about. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. Much better. <laughs> um, I guess we'll get, uh, we'll get to the part two here um, about the impulse control. He, no self-awareness, no self-control. And He's am good. I supposed to feel bad? He's because got people, you can't control yourself? <laughs> you got people trying to justify it. All right, here we go.
3: You know, so I, did, I was thinking about suicide and everything else. So it was just like, fuck. But from there, I said, you know what, I just, I'm going to just take everything and I just come my consequences for my actions have to be dealt with. You know, I turn myself in the next day.
0: When I first met him, he was 18. The male's brain doesn't fully form Which is impulse also control true. until you're 25. About six years ago last month, I got a call From a buddy in New York who said, um, it was the morning of the Grammys, it was a Sunday, it was about 6.30, and my buddy says, uh, there's this guy, there's an arrest warrant for him, LAPD's looking for him, his name is Chris Brown, and the complaining witness's name is Rihanna.
3: He called
1: me, I think it
0: was maybe an hour or two after it happened.
1: So he's lying too because he's saying I met him when he was 18. This happened when Chris Brown was 20. So you did not meet him at eighteen. That narrative. Like, why are you lying for him?
0: <laughs> that narrative. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, this isn't. Me. This isn't like with the Jacksons, to where we're going to say Michael's nine, even though he's really eleven. Yeah, this is. <laughs> it's I'm not going to work by saying he's eighteen when he's really twenty. Yeah, stop it. Um. But the, why do you have to make that kind of like the male's brain isn't fully formed until he's twenty five, and <laughs> and yet you know that that is that is a problematic statement on a lot of levels mm-hmm. that we can't really get into on this episode. <laughs> but um, as far as the young black male incarceration in America, mm-hmm. uh, why don't we why don't we have more evidence to where uh, a male's brain isn't fully formed until he's twenty five, so anyone younger than twenty five shouldn't be responsible for their actions. Hey, is is that what we're trying to when say? Well I'm
1: trying to get my client <laughs> off. <laughs> the male brain does not form fully form, you know, until you, you know, at least he's twenty five.
0: If he if this guy has a um if there's a movie made about Chris Brown, uh, Chris Brown's lawyer must, will most definitely be played by Paul Giamatti. Oh yes, so I just point that out. And if um,
1: <laughs> and if Chris Brown had been 23 at the time, well, you know the the human the male brain does not really fully form until you're 28 or 29 years old.
0: <laughs> yeah. Keep moving that line. <laughs> Oh, he's 26, 30 years old. Until you know, thirty years Dude. old. Well, into you know, thirties—that's when adolescence really ends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I lived with my parents until I was well into my forties. I mean, just <laughs> <laughs> so can we really hold Chris Brown responsible for what he has done
0: here, ladies and gentlemen? Oh man! And the uh, ways where we make references to his age because, like, this incident took place in. So it took
1: place So I was, so he was 19 going on 20. So basically he was born in May 5th, on May 5th. This happened in February. So he was literally two months from turning 20.
0: Okay. So we'll pull the part to where, uh, again, the, the lack of self-awareness and the, uh, I don't know what he's trying to pull as far as this narrative goes. So let me pull it up.
3: A domino effect. It brings other things to happen. It brings up rage and anger. And we don't understand why we're angry. Because we're angry because we think people think about us in a certain way.
0: I'm going to tell you something. Let me be honest. I was was disappointed. almost felt let down because Mm -hmm. I said, this kid could be
3: Mm -hmm. the great superstar. You say, how could I be the best in the world and people still talk about me? And that's just what life is about. You know, overcoming emotional quagmire, adversity, becoming stronger in life. You know, if you didn't experience any kind of um, emotional conflict with yourself or with anyone else, you know, I mean, under the lightest struggle, you know, you just crumble. Uh, sentenced
0: to five years of probation, as you said, 180 days of what Judge Schnegg calls community labor. And uh, he has to undergo a domestic violence uh, program for one year.
3: Well, first time I walked into the courtroom, I was super nervous, you know? Uh, I never even did jury duty, like, so I was like, man, I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm not used to this environment.
0: This is a guy who's gotten kind of everything he wanted since he was 16 years old. But once you step into a courtroom, you lose all control.
3: They wanted me to do jail time. You know, there was a lot of women's rights groups that, that were calling in and demanding that I had jail time. Um, you know, I was I was terrified, man. I was only seventeen, I think, about to turn eighteen, and I was like, man, like I'm about to go to jail. Is this how my life turned out? I came, got out of my situation in Virginia and made some of my life, and I'm going right back.
0: Okay, so he said he was seventeen, going on eighteen. He's actually nineteen, going on twenty.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, By the time he pled guilty, look, he was twenty. Seventeen-year-olds hey, don't do jury duty. <laughs> I we did jury duty before. You knew you were old enough to do
1: jury duty at yeah. the time. Yeah. By the time he pled guilty, he was 20. It was in June. He was arraigned on April 6th, 2009. He was still 19. By the time he pled guilty, he was, he was 20.
0: Yeah. So,
1: so for uh, all intents and purposes, he was 20. He'd been on this earth for 20 and, years. And he was also
0: high during the filming of this documentary.
1: <laughs> he was 17. <laughs> I was 15 when I met her. Seventeen when a beat her <laughs> he wasn't yeah, he couldn't have been fifteen when he met her, yeah, that's why I said that's b s he, he wasn't fifteen when he met her. He was still in Tappahannock, Virginia, <laughs> so um, what kind of meeting would that be hey, rihanna, um here's a dude from Virginia, he ain't famous yet, but you know he cool <laughs> <laughs> I never heard an accent like that in Virginia,
0: um <laughs> So the the he got he told his side of the story, um, which had had some holes in it. So, uh, <laughs> well, a lot. It it Swiss cheese. Yeah, he to
1: took the words right out of my mouth, bro.
0: <laughs>
1: Take that story and put it on a sandwich because it is Swiss cheese. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it it got to some parts to where. You know how he became a father. It's supposed to change him, change who he is. Um and one part I wanted to get into is the performance after uh, Michael Jackson yeah. died. It was the the 2010 BET Awards, and he he broke down. Yeah, he he had a he had a nervous breakdown or a meltdown, whatever you want to call it what didn't make sense is all the all of his high profile friends that are pumping <laughs> him up made it seem like this was a special a special moment it's a it's it's a cringe worthy moment yeah uh, he said t- it was hard to watch and even seen tough it in to this watch. documentary it's like he he can't even get the words out yeah. he is, he is breaking down in front of us yeah and, and appropriately on man in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, okay. Maybe it was that kind of moment to yeah. where the the, the song kind of like had a different meaning. It took mm-hmm. on a different meaning for him. Understandable. Yeah. But don't try to make it seem like this performance it was, was like a redeemer. Like yeah.
1: This is how I, when I, how I knew Chris Brown was a good person when he couldn't get a single word out on man in the mirror, he didn't get a word out, man. He was, feel bad for that man like no it was just hard to watch I was like man that really sucks Kind to feel bad for him you're up here trying to you know do a tribute to who is likely one of your idols and you can't get a word like not a single word out crying like he just got a whooping like it was like he just could not get a word told Greg I'd ask for my money back if I'm BET <laughs> <laughs> like he did not sing a single word just walked around crying
0: and the, like the crowd yeah. started singing it and I guess, you know, if you feel bad for him, you know, this is in front of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I would say that that's a moment in his career that maybe a lot of people paid attention to, but it's not something I can like, it may, it, it's, it's a moment to where someone would have, it would take on deeper meaning for someone on a personal level, Yeah. not on a performer entertainment for my career kind of level. Mm hmm. That that just doesn't make any sense at all.
5: No.
0: Um, and for those who, who haven't seen it, I'll I'll tell you right now. Spoiler alert. Um, very little mention of Karuchi. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, she was my girlfriend at the time. And then my girlfriend broke up with me. Mm-hmm. That's about it. And he makes it sound <laughs> as like far as is concerned.
1: he found out he had a kid. And that's yeah. why.
0: Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. So she found out you had a kid. That's why she got a restraining order against you. Yeah. That's why you got to pop up on Instagram every time she posts a picture with another dude.
1: That's that's that. um, He's triggered, man. You say restraining order. He is triggered. He is just
0: (laughs) that's the magic word. (laughs) His eyes start to like
1: turn red and you see that vein in the top of his head. And he's like, what you mean? Restraining order. (laughs) And then he trashes the dressing room.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Well, I, I really have nothing else to, to add. What do, you, what do you think is like the? Was your? Is there a lasting impression of this documentary?
1: It's hilarious. That's my last impression. <laughs> um. It, I mean, like honestly, like I said, there's unintentional comedy all throughout the. And I mean, we just named a few of them. Yeah. You know, it's unintentional comedy. Go through and watch it, and you will. Hell, even when he's playing 2K before a concert, before he goes on stage.
0: Like, this boy ain't focused.
1: And then when he says a prayer, and he accidentally says, let's give him a hell of a show, without the hell. Like, come on, man. Like, and then, you know, I don't want to spoil any more of it, because you need to go watch it. But the reviews are are right. Like, all the reviews I read said that it was basically just a way to pump him up. And that's what it was.
0: Um. I'm going to look at some some reviews here. Uh, this from from Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and it's a, has a 75 percent rating.
1: Oh, who lied? Who lied? <laughs> um, I mean, it looks like competent camera work. So, I mean, I guess that's it's got that. Yeah, going some
0: forward. good cinematography, I guess.
1: And it's got, you know, they managed to put it in HD. So, you know,
0: it's got mm-hmm. that going for it. And- um. So let's. i just look <laughs> at a couple of reviews here. I think we'll do the same time we do a movie. Let's look at the, <laughs> the reviews. Uh. So one person said, "I wish there was a zero star option." Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> we can rank it on a score of one to ten. <laughs> the second one said, "Part of the biography shows his rise to fame, but basically sets him up to be a victim of labels and how his success has been ruined because of Rihanna." It seems like a pathetic call for pity without owning up for his actions. At first, I thought this was some crazy celebrity, nouveau, art, ironic, satirical piece. But sad <laughs> to say, it isn't.
1: So, like, this is Spinal Tap. This is Chris Brown. you <laughs> of a Chris Brown.
0: Um, <laughs> wish there was another uh, review. Wish there was a zero option. He is one of the worst, most dragging... His was one of the worst, most dragging documentaries, and Chris Brown is an awful human being. I think I am now blind. <laughs> oh, God. This truly has been some of the worst editing and screenplay possible. It's not interesting or gripping. It kind of gets to a point where you just want it to be over. I, I laughed the whole time. It was great. Um, Another one gave it a 9 out of 10, mm. saying, This film was compelling and raw. Many people have their opinions about Mr. Brown because of the media and tabloids.
1: Mr. Brown. Okay. Okay.
0: All right, brother, man. Somebody, <laughs> Chris Brown wrote this. <laughs> um, but to hear his side from his own mouth, the mistakes he has made was truly real. I commend him because of the age of 17 when the incident happened. He was 19. They bought into the hype. They, This is how it happens. He chose to admit to the crime. Not many young men would. This film is a lesson to many to think everything he has gone through and still goes through. Many would have taken their life. Great film.
1: Many would have taken their life.
0: No, he was going to take Rhonda's his life. <laughs> uh, trying to find another high, another high mark. Uh, uh, no, that he
1: said hard. gripping like yeah. he was just sitting there, like on the edge of his seat. <laughs> And then what happened, Chris? <laughs> oh, my God. You hit it. Oh She's crashed your CDs. Oh, my God. She looked through your phone and said she didn't believe you. <sighs> Say it ain't so, Chris.
0: <laughs> Man, that that is the highest rating. Someone giving a, a nine.
1: Did someone have like they were like, I used to think that Rihanna was a decent person. And then I saw that Chris Brown documentary and I just don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, we got a We got we got a couple of tens in here. What? Uh, Pay to play. Find a short one here. Oh, all right. So this is this is definitely biased. This is a biased review. Uh, a ten. Um, this is the film that Team Breezy has been waiting for. That would let you know right there. <sighs> you
1: Team- can beat
2: me, Chris.
0: <laughs> Team Breezy already knows that Chris is a good guy just crucified in the public eye. So if you're a big fan like me, you might not learn anything new from most of this film. Everything in this is fascinating and all his haters should watch this and maybe they'll see him in a new light and be ready to give him another chance. This is a great film. I loved it. The interviews are really interesting and you should see this, see this film fan or not. You should watch this.
1: Hmm. And I will, and I probably should have said this at the beginning. I am a Chris Brown fan. Because I am the type of person who will separate the music and the artistry from the person. But that said, he is not a good person. <laughs> like, he's not. Like, he, he's just, he's got some issues. He's got to work out, you know? Um. Please keep putting out good music while you do it. But, like, yeah, he's got some issues. He's got to work through.
0: And it's all getting, um, the the lines are getting blurred uh, for a lot of people. I hate um, these Including lines. me. Uh, to where I like a couple of, I like some of his songs. Mm-hmm. I can't say I like, I'm a fan of his, mm-hmm. but I like some of his songs. Um, uh, but then, you know, anytime there's an issue of someone who has a history of domestic violence or mm-hmm. someone who has a history of sexual assault, mm-hmm. you look at them different yeah. and it's close to impossible to shake that label. Yeah no matter what he's done, like he's a, he's a father now and his daughter is going to see his daughter is going to read all this stuff about him one day.
1: She's going to see the pictures.
0: She's going to, she's going to see the pictures yeah. and she'll, she'll see the journey
1: mm-hmm. because
0: everything's in front of the camera. Um, and then she'll make that determination for herself. I think from there,
5: Yeah.
0: as far as what kind of person he is. And then you know, include that, that, you know, this is her father. So, um, She'll she'll be able to take all that into consideration in the public eye, and in the um, unwavering court of public opinion, mm-hmm. this dude, a majority by majority, I think, is an asshole.
1: But then she'll see the documentary "Welcome to My Life," and she'll change.
0: And that would be the only documentary on him <laughs> that she is a- allowed to watch in yeah. the house. She'll be like, "See, my dad's not a bad guy," and she'll
1: play. <laughs> And see, that's me. He painted us. Would a bad guy paint us?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's this was uh, this is a, this is a pretty nice stunt that yeah. you know people fell for.
1: Yeah. Well, clearly, Team Breezy <laughs> fell for it. Team, Team Breezy Hook, fell for it. Hook line and sinker. Yeah. Um, I call that the he can beat me crowd. Like that's the. <laughs>
0: And you yeah. see that that's that's mm-hmm. not untrue. There are a lot of tweets, there are Facebook posts about that. Um, you know, there are probably people saying Rihanna should consider herself lucky. Yeah, which is really messed well, up. Karuchi should have taken a picture of that bruise. Yeah, and framed it.
1: Yeah, no,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he does have the, the the rabid fan base. I'm not sure. Well, I guess it's Team Breezy. That's what his his mm-hmm. fan. Fan nation is called, um, but yeah, it's it's going to be hard to shake that label. I yeah. mean, people will look at him like that forever. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, I guess, because of his rabid fan base, he's able to continue and make and be successful making music. Mm-hmm. But if you look at some other artists who were known for one. I don't know maybe if you want to call it mistake or one uh, just one incident yeah, that not, that, that changed that everything about that, that changed everyone's perception or a lot of people's perception about that person.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Were they a- ever able to shake it? No, yeah, not not really. Mm-hmm. Not to where there's some kind of great rege- redemption story or some happy ending yeah. to which they try to make this documentary turn out to be. And, and <laughs> yeah, I don't buy it. Me either. I don't. Thank God
1: it was on Netflix. I've had to pay for this. I'm really upset. I've been asking you to reimburse me. <laughs> You'd be like, bro, give me my five dollars. <laughs> this was awful. I felt like I lost. I mean, of course, I mean, like, it, the only reason I'm saying that it was enjoyable is because it was free. Had I paid for this, I would have been really upset. I would have been like, dude, like, I just like five dollars and an hour and 19 minutes of my life. I will never get back. Never. I would go to his doorstep and demand a refund.
0: (laughs) Show him the receipt. (laughs) Um, Stand by your product. (laughs) So, uh, if we were to give an IMDB review, out of 10 stars, how many would you give it? Two. Because at least it made me laugh. At least it made
1: me laugh. There was some entertainment. Yeah.
0: Um, i give it a a Mm -hmm. 1.5. Only because it was clearly like the, the, the bias was real. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was so real that, um, that's when it became funny. <laughs> um, this is, uh, I don't, I, well, it's hard to compare to any other great puff pieces, mm-hmm. but this is, uh, as far as this podcast is concerned, this is the greatest puff piece of all time. Yeah. I could I could say that. Um, and some people wanted to call him controversial. Uh, I guess now, yeah. <laughs> but then he seemed like this innocent person. Yeah. But he's still trying to seem like that innocent person. Yeah. After he's done everything he's done. We know of two, two. women you would beat. Yeah. At least two. And a parking there lot attendant that you were going to beat. <laughs> yeah. And you, you, you have a a uh, champagne fight with Drake. Oh yeah, that did happen. Didn't Cause it? they, they fought over Rihanna. Um, Cause be- Drake, well, you yeah. know, he, I know how that fight started. Drake was talking about how he was in a relationship with Rihanna mm-hmm. and Chris Brown actually agreed with us to where, yeah, you were in a relationship with her, <laughs> but as far as her being a relationship with you, that didn't happen. Not reciprocated. She was just like, whatever. It's whatever. But you thought you were in a relationship. And then, you know, Drake was mad. He started and singing at him. <laughs> he started singing at him and threw a champagne bottle. <laughs> and then everyone started throwing champagne bottles. Um, <laughs> that's a light skin fight. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of singing and a lot of slapping.
1: And throwing champagne. Not liquor. Champagne.
0: Champagne. Yeah. specifically champagne.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, that'll do it for this conversation about this, uh, hilarious documentary, hilarious propaganda piece. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out on Netflix. It's probably going to be there for, for a good while. Um, and, uh, I hope you laugh like, like we did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that said, Down for said now for be mean, be mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant to say. Be mean. Uh, oh man, I just imagine the director was like, Was he gonna say beat her ass? Was he gonna just keep rolling? Just keep rolling. Keep
0: rolling. <laughs> he didn't stop. Just keep rolling. So, we'll get- <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get to my earworm of the week. Um, I is believe it? this guy has been on our uh, on this playlist before. Is it Taylor Swift? I no, <laughs> no, it is not. Uh, this is an artist named Masigo. And he is uh, a rapper and a saxophone player. Oh, that's cool. And uh, he likes to do music, which he is labeled as trap house jazz. That's a lot of stuff yeah. combined. <laughs> yeah. Uh so combining a lot of different genres here and uh th- he he came out with uh mm-hmm. an album and uh it's called Loose Thoughts and the song that um that I like that he has on here is called Too Much. Mm-hmm. And uh you can find it on our Spotify BTTYC Wars playlist right now. And before we in the show we're going to play that song and we will be right back.
1: Hey, get down get down Woo!
2: Too much, too
5: much,
2: much yeah. I, I swear, it takes too much, too much, too much to entertain yeah. Yeah, yeah, It take too much, too much, too much to yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you not entertained? Are you not I swear, I be getting that every single day. you ain't got time. I'm trying to get attention. am just, I'm using my charm, I'm diving up in your I'm, I'm, dancing around, trying to get. Later on, it won't be no minutes. I get it, you got it, got it. you all know I'm just like, kinda not like give me aim, mess with be get attention. I'm just saying, apprehension
1: is something you never need. It takes too much, too much, too much to entertain It takes too much, too much, too much to entertain ya.
2: It takes too much, too much, yeah. too much yeah. to entertain yeah. ya. It takes too much, too much, too much to
1: entertain ya.
0: Too much by Masigo from his album Loose Thoughts. Yeah, trap, house, jazz. I like the I like the sax. Oh yeah! All right. So that will do it for this particular episode. Um, can you tell the people where we can be found?
1: Yes. Never fear. You can find us anywhere you need to. Um, first off, <clears throat> excuse me, by the time you hear com, go on there, check it out, interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. If you're watching us, guess what? You're there. <laughs> you're, you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ask us how to get there cause you're there. Um, if you're not watching us, and you're just listening, Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Um, if you want to find us on the gram, um, and yeah, you can slide in our DMS. We're okay with that. Yeah um by the time you hear this um also but it's spelled with the letter u because
0: we're upstanding
1: upstanding and
0: not under investigation
1: do you understand okay going to stop aha uh-huh. aha uh-huh. um where's the spoon um <laughs> if you want to, but as far as the other spelling is Y-O-U, the letter u for the website and for the facebook page um the same spelling of the instagram page is also for our email address at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you drop us a line uh we can be found on podomatic we can be found on um tune in radio castbox auto radio um overcast you can also find us on um itunes uh, podcasts which is just i uh, itunes apple podcast player slash itunes and uh google music so google play but it's really google music so yeah, yeah plenty of places go us.
0: through google music to get the podcast yeah
1: so if you've never used a google phone um email us yeah that's a good reason to email us we'll help you out
0: yeah <laughs> yeah all right so um that will do it for our program uh I'm thinking of a song that we could end it with. Um,
1: we should end with "Crawl" because that signifies his journey um, from being. Oh, that's not even on
0: the "This Is Chris Brown" list.
1: That was his comeback song. That was the the video where he um he was trying to recreate his love life, and it was him and Cassie was supposed to be Rihanna. And like, <laughs> did you ever yes, see the video? Yeah, yes, I did. Yeah, and then he got all happy um after she was like you know i'm not gonna press charges (laughs) he started dancing and you know (laughs) yeah it was interesting um i still remember some friends i was hanging out with at the time being like
0: go chris brown
1: after he got all happy i was like what's
0: funny is that that this is chris brown lists uh it doesn't have anything from that album i'm just looking at the playlist it doesn't have anything from the album. Mm. Um,
1: Cause that also had, I can
0: transform you right on there. Yeah. yeah. That's not on there. Either. <laughs> that, that was his. Uh, and for those who want to see Chris Brown in concert, if there's still tickets available, he'll be performing at Phillips arena on December 16th with trace songs and Yogadi. Mm.
1: If you have a restraining order, don't show up because then that he can't do a show. And that's not fair. That's not fair.
0: Let's pick another Chris Brown song.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What about... um, Well, my favorite is Loyal. That's my favorite song. And, of course, the um, East Coast version with French Montana. That's my favorite. Because there's two. He had one with French Montana and one with Tyga. Um, And I... Maybe people will agree with me. Maybe they won't. I really don't care. I think French Montana is better than Tyga.
0: All right. Let me see if I can pull it up. I found the album version. Um... Loyal East Coast version. All right, here we go. So we'll play Loyal East Coast version Chris Brown featuring Lil Wayne and French Montana. Thank you everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace.
2: Young thought it was over? I wasn't born last night. I know these hoes ain't right. your nigga can't do nothing for you, oh, these hoes ain't loyal, oh, these hoes ain't loyal, yeah, yeah, let see, you. just got rich, took a broke nigga bitch, I can make a broke bitch rich, but I don't fuck with broke bitches. got a white girl with some fake titties, I took her to the By Molly, I'm a she wanna do drugs, smoke weed, get drunk. She wanna see a nigga trap. She wanna fuck all the rappers. When a rich nigga won't you? baby. And your nigga can't do nothing for you. bitch let's get to it right away we up in this club bring me the bottles i know girl that you came in this bitch with your man that's a no no girl all this money in the air i wanna see you dance just got rich took a broke nigga bitch i can make a broke bitch rich but i don't fuck with bitches. That's what they be yelling, I'm a pin by blood Not relation, I don't chase some, i replace replay some huh? LV's, her man's, don't no shake My hoes ain't loyal, man, they rotate School me to the game, now I know my duty Put her in the loader, she was riding in that hoodie Fuck that bitch, got my own hoe Fuck your weed, got my own smoke Had to put my mic back on, tell that bitch put her ring back on